0: Hello and welcome back to First Pages Readings, where books are celebrated as cultural messengers. And thanks for joining me. Welcome to Episode 59 of First Pages Readings. Today's episode is focused on three short story collections. So let's get started. Today's first book is Between My Father and the King, New and Uncollected Stories, by New Zealand author Janet Frame. This book is a treasure. With stories about dreams and expectations, about mysteries and imagination, the book addresses recurring themes like the effects of time and memory on its characters, and uses language that is direct and expressive. The book unveils experiences that illuminate what it is to be human and the stories are filled with insight and wisdom that bring them alive. Frame is a master storyteller, and her superpower is creating tales that are both familiar and otherworldly. The first page of Between My Father and the King. Between My Father and the King. My father fought in the First World War that used to be called Great until the truth of its greatness was questioned and the denial of its greatness accepted. My father came home from the war with a piece of shrapnel in his back, remnants of gas in his lungs, a soldier's paybook, an identity disc, a gas mask, and a very important document which gave details of my father's debt to the king and his promise before witnesses to repay the king the fifty pounds borrowed to buy furniture a bed to sleep in with his new wife a dining table to dine at linoleum and a hearth rug to lay on the floor two fireside chairs for man and wife to sit in when he wasn't working and she wasn't polishing the king's linoleum and shaking the king's hearth rug free of dust and a wooden fireside curb to protect the hearth rug the linoleum and my father and his wife from sparks when they sat by the fire all this furniture the document said cost 50 pounds which had to be paid to the king in agreed instalments i found this document the other day and the accompanying note of discharge from debt and it was the first time i had known of my father's dreadful responsibility for besides promising to repay the loan he had sworn to keep the bed and mattress and fireside curb and hearth rug and linoleum and dining table and chairs and fireside chairs in good order, and on no account sell or exchange them, and to be prepared at any time to allow the king's representative to inspect them. If I had only known, in our consciousless childhood days, we ripped the backs from the kitchen chairs and made sledges from them. We drove nails into the wooden curb, the king's curb. We penciled and crayoned the dining table, scuffed the linoleum. Bounced on the bed, split open, and explored the mattress and the two fireside chairs, looking for money. Finally, the tomcat peed on and permanently impaired the hearth rug, and all this was the king's property on gracious loan to my father, and we never knew. Today's next book is *The Consequences* by Manuel Munoz. This beautiful collection of stories peels back the layers of relationships, communities, and an individual's private feelings and thoughts. The characters and their lives are diverse and thought-provoking. The book includes stories about a teenage mother, a gay couple, a person watching their father confined in a rehab facility, and more. Sandra Cisneros said of this author, Manuel Munoz is a great American writer who sees with his heart be sure to add this book of impactful stories to your tbr list the first page of the consequences anyone can do it her immediate concern was money it was a friday when the men didn't come home from the fields and true sometimes they wouldn't return until late the headlights of the neighborhood work truck turning the corner the men drunk and laughing from the bed of the pickup And true, other women might have thought first about the green immigration vans prowling the fields and the orchards all around the valley, ready to take away the men they might not see again for days, if good luck held, or longer, if they found no luck at all. When the street fell silent at dusk, the screen doors of the dark houses opened one by one, and the shadows of the women came to sit outside a vigil on the concrete steps. Delphinia was one of them, but her worry was a different sort. She didn't know these women yet, and these women didn't know her. She and her husband and her little boy had been in the neighborhood for only a month, renting a two-room house at the end of the street, with a narrow screened-in back porch, a tight bathroom with no insulation, and a mildewed kitchen. There was only a dirt yard for the boy to play in, and they had to drive into the town center to use the payphone to call back to Texas, where Delphinia was from. They had been here just long enough for Delphinia's husband to be welcomed along to the field work. The pay split among all the neighborhood men, the work truck chugging away from the street before the sun even rose. When Delphinia saw the first silhouette rise in defeat, She thought of the private turmoil these other women felt in the absence of their men, and she knew that her own house held none of that. Just days before the end of June, with the rent due soon, she thought that all the women on the front porch steps might believe that nothing could be any different until the men returned, that nothing could change, until they arrived back from wherever they had been taken. She knew the gravity of her worry, to be sure, but she felt a resolve that seemed absent in the women putting out last cigarettes and retreating behind the screen doors. She watched as the street went dark past sundown and the neighborhood children were sent inside to bed. The longer she held her place on her front steps, the stronger she felt. Today's third book is The Refugees by Viet Tan Nguyen. A dramatic and powerful collection of stories, this book bears witness to the adversities and hopes of characters living between two worlds, Vietnam and the United States. These engaging and enlightening stories explore and pay tribute to memory, perseverance, and identity. The first page of The Refugees. Black-Eyed Women. Fame would strike someone usually the kind that healthy-minded people would not wish upon themselves, such as being kidnapped and kept prisoner for years, suffering humiliation in a sex scandal, or surviving something typically fatal. These survivors needed someone to help write their memoirs, and their agents might eventually come across me. At least your name's not on anything, my mother once said. When I mentioned that I would not mind being thanked in the acknowledgments, she said, Let me tell you a story. It would be the first time I heard this story, but not the last. In our homeland, she went on, there was a reporter who said the government tortured the people in prison. So the government does to him exactly what he said they did to others. They send him away, and no one ever sees him again. That's what happens to writers who put their names on things. By the time Victor DeVoto chose me, I had resigned myself to being one of those writers whose names did not appear on book covers. His agent had given him a book that I had ghostwritten. It's ostensible author, the father of a boy who had shot and killed several people at his school. I identify with the father's guilt, Victor said to me. He was the sole survivor of an airplane crash, 173 others having perished, including his wife and children. What was left of him appeared on all the talk shows, his body there, but not much else. The voice was a soft monotone, and the eyes, on the occasions when they looked up, seemed to hold within them the silhouettes of mournful people. His publisher said that it was urgent that he finish his story while audiences still remembered the tragedy, and this was my preoccupation on the day my dead brother returned to me. Thank you for spending time with me today. If you liked listening to this episode, please subscribe.